ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 156 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network, the DAP network, if you will, and we do. It's your host tonight, Andrew Hall at Andrew Hall FF. I've got some buddies with me that actually have now seen in person recently. We were all at the expo together, staying at a house in the middle of nowhere in a northeastern Ohio. Uh, first and foremost, we got uh, Jeff Bell at For Whom J. Bell Tolls. How are you doing tonight, Jeff? I'm fantastic, Andrew. It's so happy to see both of you. And like you mentioned, we got to spend some time, quality time together in that little house in Ohio. We all three of us live in Ohio. I mean, we should do that all the time. Let's just get a rainy cabin somewhere and and disconnect and go. But no, it was fantastic. And I'm I'm happy to be here with both of you tonight. Yeah, no, it's good to have you. I'm glad you could make it. And of course, we've also got Jay Stein at underscore Jason Stein. How are you doing tonight, Jay? Doing wonderful, and it was a pleasure to meet you guys in Canton and get to go to the Fantasy Football Expo with you guys. Uh, it was a great time, just you know, you know, just being in your present, your guys' presence, and soaking it all in. So it was, it was a good well, time. Jay, I got to be honest. Did you hear Jeff say disconnect? I don't think we saw him disconnect much while we were there. Would you agree? Like he was grinding out content the whole time. Like that's just yeah. what this man does. I woke up and he was sitting at the picnic table writing. So yeah. uh, you know, his mouse was on a um, a, a bush a, light. Case. Bush light, yeah. yeah, case, beer Classic. case, and he was going. Classic um, Jeff yeah, Bell. Yeah. I, I can't believe how much he he pushes out. It's 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 amazing. That's right. Well, again, that's why we're so glad to have you tonight, Jeff. I know you're a busy man. You probably got three articles to write when we're done. But uh, just <laughs> one, actually, do have one to write tonight. I'm not shocked at that. It's it's that time of year. We were talking about it before we started recording. It's like this is kind of the the final push. This is where a lot of a lot of people start to make final decisions on things and. It's big time redraft season. There's a lot of drafts going on. I've got my home league draft tomorrow. I'm very excited about. Uh, it's like Christmas Eve. I don't know if I'm going to sleep tonight. I'm just so excited. It's going to be such a fun day. Um, but with that, we do have some running back stuff we're going to get into today. We're going to be talking about running back busts and sleepers. Uh, we've got some different little things that happened in the news that we'll kind of get into first. Uh, I think the the one I wanted to start with, which is kind of generic, and then we can use it to zoom in. But are there any injuries in the preseason that have mattered to you? And Jay, I'll start with you first, I guess. Is there anything that's happened so far? I know we had one today. I think Jerry Judy was carted off with a hamstring and JSN has a hand injury. Like, are, have there been any injuries that you would consider like meaningful, I guess, for lack of a better term for fantasy at all? Or are they all just kind of like meh? Yeah, I think injuries are pretty meaningful. I think, um, you know, uh, they can have an impact on a year a player's year um, significantly, especially if they're like sort of those like hamstring injuries or turf toe injuries that kind of linger for a little bit longer than you're expecting, or a guy can't get on the field or, um, or early or uh, something like that. So the stuff that I'm watching for, I'm, I'm paying attention to when Kyler gets back. I think Kyler, uh, mm. Kyler Murray, um, a quarterback for the Cardinals, 
um, rehabbing from a knee injury. That is going to be something that's pretty important to me. Um, the Cardinals team doesn't look like a very great team this season, but um, Kyler Murray is a pretty um, substantial quarterback. Um, he puts up lots of fantasy points, and uh, many people were able to get him for steals and drafts this year. And if he is able to get back up on the field, I think that is something that could be uh, sort of a league changer type of thing if you're able to grab him. Um, Brees Hall working back is pretty important, even though um, Dalvin Cook is there. He, he's, you know, he has his own sort of injuries going on. But if Brees Hall is able to get back from his, from his knee, usually those types of situations, those first year back, it's a... Um, it's you know not as prevalent as they were that that the year prior. So maybe it takes that extra year, that second year, before you actually see them where they were. If Brees Hall can get back and, and start performing like he did, um, you know his rookie season, um, that's pretty important. You mentioned JSN. I think that's important. It sounds like he's going to get back by week one, but um, that is something that's interesting. It could linger um, a little bit longer, and he might not be able to get on the field right away. Traylon Burks. Um, you know, he, he went down, um, with the sprain LCL. Um, he's somebody that yes. would be important yep. to me. Terry McLaurin got the, the turf toe. Um, those tend to linger. I'm not sure how long that lasts. Um, a guy that I'm particularly interested in, Devin Chain. he had a shoulder injury. That's something that's, um, pretty interesting to me. You know, a lot, a lot of stuff I'm bringing up here. You can stop me anytime you want, but there's a couple of major <laughs> players here though, that, that are interesting. So like Joe Burrow, he had a calf strain. It sounds like he's, He's fine. He'll be fine for week one, but just something to keep keep an eye on Joe Burrow over time. Yeah. Uh, Cooper Cup coming back from the, the hamstring. He was in practice this week. Um, so, uh, you know, last week they've been holding him out. They've been really bringing him back really slowly and they want him to come back and be, able, you know, they don't want to bring him back too, too fast and hurt that hamstring again. And it have linger through the scene because he's a huge part of the Rams offense. And if he's not out there, um, the Rams might be in trouble. So, uh, and plus he's part of a lot of people's fantasy teams and oh he yeah can make or break somebody's season if, if he's out for three or four weeks at a time at, at any point um yeah. and then just just recently tj hawkinson he's been talking about um oh, that's right yeah back, back sniff stiffness so those are those are kind of guys that i'm watching i, I probably hit most of them but i'm sure there's a couple oh i love it that was the best recap ever i think that was terrific i think he hit pretty much everybody there is and i, I think the general thesis that we're hearing is injuries are going to occur Obviously, we have to pay attention to them. We have to keep our eye on a lot of them. I think what I'm, I guess what I'm happy for is that we haven't seen a whole lot of those like season ending injuries in the preseason. We've seen some dings, some nicks, some scratches, things like that. Thank goodness. You know, knock on wood, we still have another week of preseason to go. Um, but I think some of that is, you know, they're, they're really being careful with a lot of these guys. I think some of the injuries that we've seen and people coming back is a huge thing too. So that's actually a great point. Jeff, was there any of those that, that Jay mentioned that you want to hit on or anything that he might have missed even that? You want to talk about in the preseason injury talk? Well, I, I first I wanted to start Andrew and, and ask you as the resident Bengals fan, who is going to be the starting quarterback week one for the Cincinnati Bengals? Is is it going to be Joe, Joe Burrow? Because... I think Joe Burrow plays. Yeah, I think he plays. It, I do. It I think feels this is like all my been... game with Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. It feels like it's been very quiet on that front. And the only thing we really got was Jamar Chase giving that one interview, like telling him, like, "Hey, I I, I skip." extra time just make sure i'm ready and you know we're planning on having a 20 game season so we want to make sure that you're all the way That's ready right. so um it was i thought i found that situation to be interesting because it feels like we've had a little bit more um concrete timetables with some of the other things and that one has felt a little bit like awkwardly under wraps now at this point um jay jay took all the good players so um <laughs> but he did a good job at that um uh, one thing that i think there are some interesting situations that um, injuries have created 
maybe shifted and created some clarity. I look at Carolina and look at their wide receivers. And mm. I think that the entire off season, that was an ambiguous mess on like, who, who is going to be that wide receiver you want in Carolina. Now with DJ chart going down, we've seen LaVishka Chanel injured the Ter- Terrace Marshall injury that really tightens that to Adam Thielen and Jonathan Mingo, which is fantastic for dynasty that Jonathan Mingo is going to get involved right away. And I think one of the big takeaways from the Carolina offseason that we've seen so far, that weakness out of the offensive line, and that's going to play in well, I think, to Mingo's game to get him involved, to get the ball in his hands quickly out of Brees Young's hands and allow him to create. And the way that the attrition has hit those wide receiver core, that's interesting to me. The other one that I think is interesting to me is Damian Harris. And obviously I'm the Bills fan, um, but Damian Harris, <laughs> there were a lot of people that expected Damian Harris to be the lead running back for the Buffalo Bills. And I think that um, James Cook has kind of solidified his spot on that and being the three down back that I th- do expect. And, um, it, you know, 190 pounds, three down back has morphed a little bit from what it was a couple of years ago that I, I think yep. 190 pound guy can handle that. But, Harris missing time has opened up the door for Latavius Murray to be involved. Yes. And, and I think that you might have a situation there where there is a clear, clear one. And then you kind of have two number twos that are kind of just mixing in. And, and really that just nukes any sort of potential value out of Damien Harris, I believe. No, that's actually, those are all great points too. It's, it's weird how the, uh, the injury kind of discussion can really go down a rabbit hole because of all the different implications that come from it. Right. Uh, the different teams decide to sign someone because someone's still hurt. I mean, there was some, obviously there was some logic in a sense where like Brees Hall might not be hundred percent. So the team goes out and signs Dalvin cook, like jets are clearly going all in this year, but then Brees Hall gets activated off pup the same day Dalvin shows up. And it's like, Oh, well now it's kind of this weird two headed monster. And they, they spent okay money on cook. It wasn't a huge contract, but it's enough to like, well, he's going to play. And so there's some of that stuff that kind of comes from this too. So it, it's going to be very interesting. Um, the only other topic really to bring up in the news, which kind of is a weird way to pivot into this, but we're going to talk about running backs anyway, is the whole Jonathan Taylor trade talk. Like this isn't injury related, but it's still something that has this big, big ripple effects, big repercussions in fantasy. Um, I know that Jonathan Taylor is obviously one of the best running backs in the sport and in fantasy uh, is one of the very few, you know, every down backs and is a guy that can kind of get everything. Colts are playing tonight actually right now and just going to halftime. I won't even tell you the score because when you're listening to this, it won't matter. And it doesn't matter now. But the point is, Jonathan Taylor, do you think he gets traded, Jeff? I'll go right back to you on this. Do you think he actually leaves the Colts? Do you think they find a partner? What do you think happens here? No, I don't think that he gets traded. I mean, we saw Dalvin Cook and we saw Ezekiel Elliott spend an entire offseason looking for jobs. And they just cut signed last week. And so the idea that this trade is going to happen within a week, I'm very skeptical on that. I think that what Jim Irsay has done is to tell Jonathan Taylor, hey, go out and get a price. If you think that you're worth this, go prove it. We're, we're yeah. giving you that opportunity. And if you can prove it, okay, we'll, we'll give you that number. But if not... You know, here here's our thing, and, yeah. and you're playing, and I think that uh, you know the whispers about his injuries kind of set up to. I do expect that. I expect he's going to say he's hurt and not able to play, yep. and kind of milk it into the season, and then he'll get his six games, and and you know maybe things turn out well in Indianapolis, but I'd be skeptical that they do, and so that's where I am. Oh, and that's a, I mean, that's a great point. We'll kind of use that to segue into this. I'll ask you this one, Jay. If JT, if Jonathan Taylor leaves or gets injured, this is a question by Matt Wiggins in the chat. What else do they have for Anthony Richardson? Not great for a raw rookie. I kind of agree. If Jonathan Taylor does leave, I mean, what do we think about Richardson at this point? Well, you got Dean Richardson. Jackson and maybe Pittman. I mean, what else are you thinking here? Yeah, Richardson is RB1. 
he might yeah. he might <laughs> um he might be one a one b right now even with jonathan <laughs> taylor on the team honestly um yeah. and so I, I, that's that's kind of how i'd think about it um there are some players uh, on the the depth chart behind the colts but i do think that if the colts do move on from jonathan taylor that doesn't mean that they're done that means that they could bring somebody else in here to kind of supplement what they have on their team. So I do think, yeah, I think I do think Anthony Richardson will be sort of that that RB one for the the squad for the time being, and that that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, our, uh, Anthony Richardson is is, is a, a highlight reel in the making every time he touches that ball. Um, that's if you for watch sure, some yeah. of his stuff at stuff in college, it's it's pretty amazing what he can do. He is a very gifted athlete and. Um, and he, he can be a really good runner of the football. And so, um, yeah, it, it does it does kind of feel like it would set him up for, like, not the easiest start in the NFL. Um, mm. Not not having weapons and, uh, it, it, you know, not having that security blanket of having a Jonathan Taylor back there. Um, but uh, it's not necessarily the end of the world. And the Colts would probably wouldn't be finished. They probably, if they do move on from him, they'll probably bring somebody else in to, to fill a gap. Yeah, could you imagine if like Jonathan Taylor gets cut or traded or sits out, whatever you want to call it, and they sign Leonard Fournette, and this team is just like, what did we like? And and Kareem Hunt, hell, bring them both in, you know? Like that would just be bonkersville. So I just think again, this is this is such a weird situation. I've never really seen one like this. I think Jonathan Jonathan Taylor again, terrific running back, deserves the money that he's asking for. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think, like Jeff said, I think he just, I think he ends up playing. He ends up limping through the season. I hope that's not true because I have him on a couple leagues and I could really use his points, but at this point it's getting a little risky. And maybe the last thing we'll bring up on this, and, and I'll go back to you on this, Jeff, are, are you buying or selling Jonathan Taylor right now? Or are you just kind of holding and seeing how this goes? I mean, I don't have Jonathan Taylor on dynasty rosters to be honest. Like it's smart. And, and, and yeah. we'll talk, I mean, this episode we'll probably dive into why yep. I don't have Jonathan Taylor on, on dynasty rosters, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. You have to hold right now. I mean, you can't yeah. sell him right now. You need him on the field and being Jonathan Taylor to move off from him. And um, uh, that's just my opinion on that. Yeah. What about you, Jay? Same kind of boat? Uh, no, I'm a buy on Jonathan Taylor. Um, well, you know, after this stuff happened, I went out and um, I put a, a upgrade to buy on him on the a football guy. So there's an article out there that tells why and put a big chart out there to, to tell you why. But really, I think this is I really think this is noise. I think um, in Dynasty, we have to be a little bit more longer term focused. Mm -hmm. And in the near term, we can suffer through some pains um, and stuff like that for a longer term gain on a guy like Jonathan Taylor, who has been nothing but elite um, in terms of putting up fantasy per, per, um, points per game at the running back position. So if I can buy those elite running backs for much cheaper than I think they're worth, um, and then cap cap again a year later on it. Um, that that is something that I like to do. It doesn't always work out, but sometimes in the right types of situations, you can you, they, these types of things kind of work work their way. And it it has a lot to do with sort of like the sentiment. There's lots of boom and bust sentiment that happens. Um, you know, we go through a situation like this, and then everybody gets really down, really negative on Jonathan Taylor, and they push it too far, and it just right. swings too far in the wrong direction. And I want to go in and I want to capture that, so I want to grab it. And I, I'm not saying exactly right now is the perfect moment um, because there could be more struggles and more you know um, downward pressure to his prices uh, over the next few weeks just through some of the things we've been talking about here but at some point it becomes like too much and so I want to be ready um, to pull the trigger and and buy him and you know 
you know, those he might sit out, he he might get moved, but those first few games when he starts putting up those points again, people are going to start like, all yep. right, he's back, he's going. Uh, there's 15 points per game. That's differentiated fantasy points per game in my lineup, and that'll help. And it might happen early this year. It might happen later in this year. It might happen into next year is when that happens. Um, but that's that's kind of what I want to play. I want to play sort of the booms and busts and kind of grab him on the cheap. Yeah, I, I yeah, 100% I, agree. Yeah, I think that that's a great point there, Jay. Um, but I'm I'm the thing that is is right now is nobody is putting points into a lineup right now, and so to to be holding Jonathan Taylor right now, yeah, you might be worried about it, but nobody's putting points into a lineup right now. But once you don't have Jonathan Taylor putting points into a lineup, and everybody else is putting putting points in the lineup, that becomes I think the fulcrum point of like now let's all right now the blood is in the water. Now let's attack. Now let's go after it because I do think that that panic will rise. And and I think that, but I think that you're exactly right on, on being a buy. I just don't know that the sell side is there right now because like I said, nobody's giving you points. And so while you're worried about Jonathan's Taylor points, you're not losing Jonathan Taylor's points right now. Yeah. I, I think the odd part of this is to be, to be a buyer, you have to find a seller, right? And so to buy low, you have to find somebody willing to sell low. And I don't know if we're there yet. I think you hit on that exactly right, where it's like, this is maybe not today, right? Maybe not preseason week three, but if we get through the next two weeks you know, leading into the season, which is two weeks from today, right? If we get closer and closer to that Thursday night game, you know, th- those points do start to matter. And I mentioned this on Trade Addicts this week. Like, I am recommending that people like go into the MFL, go into Sleeper, like look at your lineup, start to see who you're starting to play here. Like, we always say like, you don't need to worry about lineups in the off season. Well, that's coming to an end. We do start having to worry about that. And I think if you're looking at your lineup and let's say you've got Jonathan Taylor and I don't know, James Connor and Zamir white, you know, it just, it drops off a cliff. You could be looking at that going, Ooh, like, you know, this is going to be a little risky. Maybe I pivot off of him. Right. But the catch is if, if I'm, bo- if I'm buying Jonathan Taylor, I have to find somebody who's got a, a lot of running backs maybe, or, you know, is willing to just get out and whatever price I'm willing to pay. I mean, there was a time where he was probably going for a first. I don't know if you can even get a first for him now. It's probably going to have to be a second or lower. And at that point, like I might as well hold, you know what I mean? Like it just, I don't feel like there's anybody that I know that I would recommend selling to, but your point is still valid. Jay. I think this is definitely a buying window. And I think there are a lot of teams that I, I know I'm going to be looking at as this gets closer and closer. I'm sending offers and rebuild teams, especially because like you, you hit on it too. There, like, this is dynasty. This is the long game. Like, I don't really care if he misses 10 games this year, if he can put up stud numbers in Atlanta next year behind with B. John Robinson or something like pick a team, put him in Tampa, you know, wherever you want to go. Like, who knows? Right. And you just kind of have to bank the the talent is going to make come back and make that worth happening. So it's an interesting situation. It's just we'll, we'll put it that way. And we're going to use that as a way to leverage and pivot into our actual topic of tonight, which is busts and sleepers. Uh, I think we talked about this last week with the with the uh, with Bo. We were talking about QBs and like what do we define a bust and a sleeper? They're they're generic names. Everybody kind of has different words for them or different definitions for them. I'm not going to get into that specifically because it's in my in my world, busts and sleepers are kind of vibes, man. Like there's not a lot of stats <laughs> I can put on this. It's just kind of like I got this weird vibe that I'm not, I'm not jiving with his thing this year. You know, like feels like again referencing football guys. It feels like a Sigmund Bloom kind of thing. Like I just got this vibe. I don't know. I just I'm not feeling it. So we'll start with the negative. I always like to start with the negative to end on the positive. Uh, but Jeff, I guess let's start with you. I put the whole running back list pretty much on here just so we can kind of pick and maybe each of us talk about a couple. But what's a running back you're looking at maybe in the top 20 running backs that you are thinking as a, you know, a bust or someone that is overdrafted or something, however you want to define it. 
All right. So I just did a, a big keeper article for football guys where I looked at last year's ADP and I compared it to where this year's ADP is sitting right now. I saw that. Yeah. And, and it's really amazing on where some of these running back values sat at this time last year, where like a guy like DeAndre Swift was a first round pick. Dalvin Cook was a first round pick. And so that kind of has maybe opened my eyes just a little bit, but also looking at the the time of year that we're in right now, I think that you can sell two running backs at two times of the year. You can sell running mm. backs right now when people yep. are looking to, for that hole in their lineup and you can sell them in January, right after the season ended, you go to those teams that fell just short in the playoffs and sell those running backs right at that moment. So that they they're thinking that in my mind, if I had just had Joe Mixon on my team, I would be league champion right now. I'm going to buy him right now and I'll be set, set to go next year. I think the entire off season, yeah. I think it's really, really hard to, to move off those veteran running backs through the entire off season until we get to this point in time. And so, but, but, I say that as to looking at that keeper list that I did was eye-opening on how many players that we thought were very safe 12 months ago. And, right. and like a guy like Dalvin Cook, like nobody was people maybe were kind of sounding the alarm bells on Dalvin Cook last year, but he was a first round redraft pick. And and now yeah. he's at this point now where he's kind of in transitioned into that. Now he's a name we know and he's in a committee, maybe, and who knows? And so like Derrick Henry is a player that I'm concerned right now because he's going to be a free agent after next year. And they already have the potential replacement in house with Tajay Spears. Yep. Aaron Jones is a player that I'm concerned about right now because I don't know what that green Bay offense is going to look like. And, and that's another one that uh, Christian Williams from, you know, my co-host and he works with Jay and he works with me. Um, he wrote a, um, article about um, running back contracts or like different contract mm. series. And he talked about the Packers running backs and how that's going to open up potentially here in, sh- in the short term. And so Jones, I think is a player that could drop value. Joe Mixon, your guy, Joe Mixon, I think is a player that could drop value. Uh, hang on. I don't want to say he's my guy, but he's on my bangles. I will say that. Yeah. But I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Go keep going. I don't mean to uh, I just want to clarify. Just- yeah. <laughs> Cam Akers, I think is a player that has a, uh, hmm. You know, the belief is that he's going to be this bow cow, but I mean, there are major whispers out of there that Kyron Williams is going to be involved in the passing game. They drafted Zach Evans, and if that's a full rebuild, they could be looking in midseason and saying, hey, we're one and seven. Why are we playing this guy who's going to be a free agent? Let's play these young backs. And then sure James Connor yeah. is the other one. And, and James Connor, I've been pounding the table the last couple of weeks on no, nobody is making you draft Arizona Cardinals, and nobody is making you roster Arizona Cardinals. There's not a soul. That is making you I have Arizona sworn Cardinals there was someone making me hit that button. right now. Oh, thank and God so you're here. The idea that people are out here saying like James Connor, he's guaranteed volume. And, and there is nothing in fantasy that makes me more nervous than guaranteed volume on a horrid team with a veteran <laughs> running back. That is just a recipe for disaster. Well, and the Cardinals have made a ton of moves that are just shedding weight. They're, they're the prime rebuild in dynasty. Like the Texans a couple years ago, where it's just like, what are we doing here? We just got to re- you got to tear it all down to the studs. And that I have been saying James Conner is a buy, but these last couple of weeks have made me a little come a little bit awake where I'm like, nope, are they even going to get in the red zone? Like, well, I, listen, I know, but it's like the logic because his value was so low, right? The logic is he's still a starting running back, especially in redraft, right? And he's dirt cheap in dynasty, but you're right. No one's making me do it. Just like everything else I do, I just choose something and I hope it works out. Um, but no, those are some terrific busts. I think there's a lot of, if you almost listed the whole top 20 there, if you want to get, some <laughs> uh, and I guess Jeff is just saying, damn the running backs. He's just like, they're all busts to me this year. Uh, but Jay, was there anyone that Jeff veteran, veteran running backs in dynasty? Especially? Yeah. 
That's a, again, that's a fair stance. But Jay, is there anyone Jeff didn't mention that you think would also be a bust in this segment before we get to sleepers, which is going to be everybody too. So this is gonna be- <laughs> Yeah. So Jeff, um, Jeff, I think went the age route and that is yeah. usually the way that I go. Um, so I'm going to pivot here and do something a little different. Um, what, what I'm going to think about is um, these running backs that are set up for success here in the, in year one here, this, this year in, in 2023, but um, because of draft capital or pedigree or, you know, like whatever, they might not be the long-term option there. And they mm. could be replaced next season by a higher draft capital guy or by a free agent in the draft or free agent or whatever. Right. Um, and so my my list here, um, you know, the first my first grouping was the age grouping that a lot of guys Jeff hit on. The second grouping here I'm going to go with is uh, Damian Pierce. Rashad White, James Cook, and Alexander Madison. And yes. these guys have all won um, the starting role for their team. And they all are getting that that um, hype about being a three-down back. So all of these guys are their lead back. They're going to produce fantasy points this season. And I'm not denying that. I think they all can produce and they can all produce well. And they can get in. Some of them might even get a shot at getting into the the RB one mix. But what I what I would say is a lot of these guys don't have the draft capital, don't have the pedigree, or in the past haven't shown that they can do or be a lead back. Some of them are more complementary type of backs, and and for those reasons, um, you know when you're when you're trying to trade, you it's not always the easiest thing to trade that aging running back. Sometimes it's easier to trade that the the younger running back that you know has done really well, particularly this season, but in dynasty could get replaced the year after. Um, and so, like a game, a guy like Damian Pierce in the work that I do, he's been somebody that I've been trying to sell. I thought last year um, or this off season he would be replaced, but he he held through. Nothing really happened. Right, he's, he's, like he's skated gonna, right through. He's gonna, yeah, he's going to take that, but. I do think that there's will always be that this risk that there's somebody that comes in and compliments him or gets draft capital and takes takes some of that value away from him. So what I'm hoping for is one of those guys I have on my squad, they perform really well, and then I'm able to sell them for that really top end wide receiver or some draft capital that I can then use to to get those guys that do get the draft capital that do look like they have the pedigree. Um, and, and maybe will be a more valuable long-term upside type of thing in the future. No, I, love I know it. just, I, just definitely going to agree with, disagree with me on a, on a few of these guys here. So no, that's no, fine. That's fine. I mean, Cook was a second round pick and he's in a offense perfectly set up. Your, your guy, James Cook, right? Is that what yeah. we're doing? Your guy, James Cook? Is that... <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I guess but this I, is why I love Jay and the, like the analytics yeah. guys have been on me all off season because yeah. I'm Cook is if Cook were had ate, ate a couple double cheeseburgers, then he'd be ready to roll. But uh, now he's he's going to be a bust and replaced. Um, no, it's it's uh, I, I think his skill set works perfectly. I did just do a trade um, that involved Alexander Madison. So, um, Ooh, what was it? Literally like this moment. Uh, so I traded Madison off my team. I got a second round pick and I got Isaiah Spiller. And so hmm. that is, uh, you know, I have not heard positive buzz at all on Madison. And so. I tried hard to get a first round pick to I tried to do Kadarius Tony and Alexander Madison for a first round pick to the entire league. And like I talked about pre-show, it's really hard to get first round picks right now. Um, so I got the second and then I got Spiller. Who's a player that he was a, a year one 
kind of busted last year, but um, he's, he's drawn some co- positive camp buzz and the chargers are expected to have a little bit more of a power run game. And um, you know, Austin Eckler is one of those guys, a veteran running back that you never know how things are going to shift there and, and grabbing that pick that second round pick, getting some security and not worried about um, is Alexander Madison really going to be that Vikings starting running back. Well, I'm actually with you guys both on, on Madison. I I've been trying to get him off my team too. I just feel like that. I, I'm not sure of this. It's again, it's all vibes. It's a gut feeling. I just feel like the Vikings are not going to lean on him like a third, like three down back. Like they're going to rotate in and it's going to be McBride. There's going to be some Wangwu. There's going to be, who knows, Fournette or something that's laying there. Like Ty Chandler, I just, I'm right now. Ty Chandler's a good, yeah. Ty Chandler's name. I forgot. That's a good point too. Like there's just too many different little guys in the backfield to chirp away at that and to chip away at that. And like, just, I'm just not feeling the vibe anymore on Madison. I kind of was going into the off season, but with, with cook leaving and everything, it was kind of like, Oh, it's Madison season. And I was like, after I got to looking at it, I'm like, yeah, I'm not so sure about that. You know, it kind of reminds me of not at all in physical stature or NFL, but just more of like fantasy hype was AJ Dillon, right? AJ Dillon came in and was supposed to be the guy like to take over for Aaron Jones. And then they re-signed Aaron Jones. And now it's like, Oh, well now what? It's almost like that. What I don't know what to do with my thighs. You know what I mean? Like it's just quads are so ridiculous. Like just, that's all you got. But I think there's some really good names in there too. And I think one of the other ones you mentioned too, Jay was Damian Pierce. And it's, it's kind of like if he, I thought for sure he was going to be a one and done. I, I mean, he did well at the beginning of last season, kind of tailed off. I know in one league, I traded him for Najee Harris straight up. And I was kind of, I was happy about it, even though Najee wasn't playing well. But I'm like, I just think Najee's got more longevity. Like I'm playing the long game here. And I'm very happy about that trade now. And then of course the draft comes and they don't take anyone. They don't sign anyone. I'm just like, oh crap, maybe Damian Pierce is a real deal, right? But you just said it again, like who's to know what if that doesn't happen again? Like I, I just he's got the shortest leash, I feel like. And that team isn't great either. Like, oh, so, yeah, that, that one just makes me nervous. And I'm trying to get out on every Pierce share I have. And I only got a couple left at this point. But, yeah, there, there's some interesting ones because, again, the bust, you don't want to sell too low, but you don't want to wait too long and have it get lower. So it's kind of like like Jeff, you put it perfectly before we even did this. Like now is one of the windows to sell running backs. Uh, I also love doing things like uh, I would try to do like. Damian Pierce and Alexander Madison in a combo trade for a receiver, you know, where you can kind of hide some of that value, kind of consolidate your roster. Hopefully you've got some extra running backs. And, and I have some teams that have like six starting running backs because nobody wants them. And we talk about it a lot on this show where it's like, you know, sell running backs in the off season, like you don't need them. And so there are some, some leagues I'm in with very uh, astute listeners that are like, I'm not buying your running backs. I'm like, I walked into that one. Uh, so I just end up holding them and I'm just kind of like hoarding them. You know, I've got like Miles Sanders, JK Dobbins, Javante Williams, like all these guys on my roster. And I'm just like, I come and get them whenever you're ready, guys. Like now might be the time. So I'm excited for that. Uh, the only other bust that I wanted to mention is something that uh, Jeff hit on there was Cam Akers, partially because the the Rams are in talks, I guess, with uh, Jonathan Jake or Josh Jacobs, I think. Didn't they send a trade request for Josh Jacobs? It was Jonathan Taylor. Was, they were, was they were mentioning okay. The Dolphins were the team that asked about Josh Jacobs and got denied. The Rams That's were, okay. it was the Rams. And then um, I think it was the Eagles were the teams that, cause there was a, there was a report that came out that two teams are aggressively looking at Taylor. And I think, I believe it came out today. That was the Rams and the Eagles were those two yeah. teams. I couldn't remember which one it was. But either way, they're looking, they're shopping for a running back. That does not make me very happy about acres. And I've been on the acres as a steel kind of value train for the last few months. But the writing seems to be on the wall, and I'm not really sold on that offense. Matt Stafford and his elbow, how long can they hold up? Cup, who I love and has a lot of value in the fantasy industry, and everybody loves Cooper Cup as a first-round wide receiver pick in one QB leagues and all this. I'm not afraid to take Cup because there's just nobody else there. But 
there's nobody else there. You know what I mean? Like that offense is still going to be very one dimensional and that makes me worried for anybody. So it's kind of interesting too. I, I feel like takes should evolve, right? Where like I was very high on, on getting Connor and, and getting uh, like during the Scott Fishbowl time, like getting Connor, getting acres, like these are the guys you need to get. Cause I felt like things would happen and then they didn't happen or they happened differently. And now we need to adjust to this information as we go into the season. So I mean, again, bust is maybe a little bit of a harsh term for what we're talking about, but basically it's guys we think that are on the way down. And and that to me is a bust in dynasty. Get out before they they all the way tank. Uh, was there anyone else, Jeff, I guess, that you want to mention on the bust list? Or do you feel like we covered a pretty fair portion here? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think to be a bust, you have to be a certain level of good. And I think that Jay and I have mentioned all the, the running backs that are a certain level of good that could disappoint for the most part. Yeah, Jay, would you agree? Is there anyone we missed in that uh, general coverage of bus? I feel like we hit on a lot of good names there. I don't know if you want to get deeper on any either. Yeah, I would just say, um, you know, the conversation back on it's hard to trade for first. I did some mm. work on um, on first round picks. And um, now it's, it's, it takes a certain set of circumstances. Um, you got to believe in the longevity of your league. Sometimes leagues fold. That's so you want to make sure yeah. that this is the case. But if you go out now and your league allows it and you can buy 2025 first, it seems like people are much more willing to um, uh, part with their 2025 first because it's so far in the future. And, you know, you're worried about what's happening this year and what the draft class is for the next year. And there's always going to be guys. So, yes, next year is Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Drake May. And we're all super excited about it. There'll be guys in the next draft class after we do a lot of work. We know each year there's going to be a good set of guys, um, at least a few like very high guys. So, um, if you're unable to get rid of um, or unable to buy those 2024 first, those 2025 first could be available. And the work that I did, actually, that is the best value you can get on 2025 um, first. Um, I did, a, um, you know, I looked back at uh, basically KTC prices of first mm. over time and that the 2025, the, the year, if you're buying two years plus out, one, right? Yeah. The, the whatever is plus one. So you're buying two years out in that off season. That's that season is where they experience the most amount of value gain or KTC price appreciation. Um, and, and that's where you can really set yourself up. Um, and so, you know, what you're buying that 2025 first nap for now, will appreciate quite a bit over time. And also I'd add, um, I if Cam Akers is healthy, which is is the question. It's an if, yeah. It is the question. <laughs> it's a big if. Um, you do have Kyron Williams coming in taking passing down. But if Cam Akers is healthy, I think he can outproduce his ADP this year. Um, so that's, that's my only piece. I'm not talking about Dynasty. I'm just talking about if he actually is healthy this year. Um, he, he might get the work to outproduce where he's being drafted. Uh, but that, then, then I'd be thinking about, uh, um, you know, all the, all the points you mentioned, Jeff had an article out on Cam Breakers today on football guys. So go check that out. It's pretty good. Oh, good, good pump there. Good, good post. That's a good little, uh, section there. Go check that out. I like that. Uh, well, obviously we've covered some busts. It's time to turn this ship around and kind of find the positives again here. Uh, let's talk about some sleepers. And again, I'm going to use this term very loosely. It's going to be vibes. It's more like, what are guys that you think aren't getting enough recognition or you feel like are, are targets maybe for trades in Dynasty? And Jay, I'm going to kick it back to you first on this one. What's a, what, what's some of your guys that you're, you think people are sleeping on in general and you're going to get in Dynasty? Yeah, so uh, I would mention Jonathan Taylor. I think, um, um, you know, we're you're getting him at much later than RB6 now. I think you, we had the the August ADP. Yeah. I think that's... August that, ADP is running by that, six. This is, yeah. he, does, he does not count as a sleeper, but I, I just wanted to mention him really quick. Um, the guy puts up differentiated points per game and you can get him at a discount. Maybe it takes the next week 
maybe he gets traded to Miami um, before the week's up and, you know, you miss the bottom here. Who knows? Yep. Um, so my my buys in – I do this a series for football guys called the Dynasty Investor. And my yep. buys at running back right now, um, um, in, in addition to Jonathan Taylor, are DeAndre Swift and Alvin Kamara. So uh, in this in this um, group, um, DeAndre Swift is an RB twenty seven, Alvin Kamara is an RB twenty nine. So uh, Swift, his first year or uh, in twenty twenty in twenty twenty, he put up fifteen points per game. In twenty twenty one, he put six up sixteen points per game. This is differentiated fantasy points per game uh, from a running back perspective that helps you win. Uh, mm-hmm. Last year, it fell off. Um, you know, there was a situation with the team. Um, you you, you know, he had uh, competition. He's probably never going to be the guy that takes over backfield. He will be that compliment, but he has that passing game work, that high value touches work. That is, that is um, pretty interesting. And so, um, yes, it was very frustrating with the whole, like we're going to draft Gibbs in the first round and then try and figure out a way to trade you. And they, they ended up trading him to the Eagles. And yeah. I think it's, a, it's a, actually a decent spot for him. And now there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, a competition for targets in yeah. the Eagles because they have studs on that team. Yeah, Trey yeah, Sermon, Brown. right, Jeff? We talked about Trey Sermon. You're a big <laughs> Trey Sermon fan. <laughs> might make the yeah. team. Well, have, might, you, yeah. <laughs> you have AJ Brown, Devonte Smith, De, uh, Devonta Smith, uh, Dallas Goddard, um, and then you have um, uh, DeAndre Swift trying to kind of find his piece in there, and um, and and uh, a, a pretty good complement to him in the in the backfield as well. So, I think. Um, there was there was time this off season, especially with the Gibbs stuff and Gibbs stuff and the trade, where he was a pretty good buy, and I think it's actually come off even more. And so I think that um, at running back twenty seven on this type of offense, I think he can he can um, quite a bit outperform that. And then from a dynasty perspective, I think he bounces back up. I do things by looking at uh, KTC. I think he bounces back up into the high four thousands KTC. Alvin mm-hmm. Kamara, I get it. He got suspended. He's getting older. When when he's on the field playing, historically he puts up uh, differentiated points. I think we're we're pushing him down too far. Um, he can help you win this year, um, and, and it's on the cheap. And right now we're we're drafting him at RB twenty nine. You'll miss out on a couple weeks, but you know on a week to week basis, you're looking for those high upside guys, the high oh, potential. That's Camara. If yeah. you have Camara in your lineup, um, he will help you win. I think at RB29, that's somebody that will outperform that, even though you're not getting him for the first however many weeks that he's suspended uh, and however long it takes to get him back. Now, the, the backfield there is getting mud, muddied. Um, they even draft somebody pretty high um, mm-hmm. in, in um, Kendry Miller. Um, and uh, personally, I'm pretty high on Kendry Miller. Um, there are some concerns there, but uh, you know, like I think he'll, he'll be pretty good over time. But I do think that right now, Kamara is pretty, pretty cheap. Um, I think he gets into the high 3000s on KTC. And my last one, I, I, I would tout Zach Evans, somebody I was pretty high mm. on coming out. I was among the group that was, um, you know, just really sad, um, really frustrated that he didn't get his draft capital. Um, I do all this analytic stuff where all, draft capital does mean something to me. Right. And um, to me, it was it was very frustrating to see him go with that. I, I, I like where he's at. Um, and I think um, he will be for for Cam Akers if Cam Akers does go down. He's the he's the guy up there at Cam Akers' role, and we know what can, what Cam Akers can do in in that offense. And it's it's a pretty good production. 
And so if Cam Akers goes down or Cam Akers um, moves on uh, over time or they gets traded or whatever, I think Zach Evans is the guy that steps up. And you still have you still have Kyron Williams fulfilling his role, but I think Zach Evans, you know, could could um, you know potentially go off if that situation were to arise throughout the season. So you'd rather have Evans than Williams. Yeah, I agree. Right now he's at RB fifty five. This is dynasty, right? So this is Kyron all Williams dynasty. Is, yeah, Kyron Williams is going to score some points for you this year, but um, Zach Evans, from a dynasty perspective, is a like a very late round guy that I like to take a shot on. Um, it like what's the probability of this happening? Uh, you know, maybe low, but um, you know, he's, he was one of my guys coming out of college. So I want to take a shot on him. I love it. Stick with your guys, Jeff, any of your sleepers, any of those ones you want to talk about or any of your own sleepers, I guess you want to get into before I get into some of the ones I want to talk about. Well, that's what we call a segue in the business of what Jay set me up very well for. And and first, I mean, I need to mention James Cook as a sleeper. If, you know, he's going to oh, be a big fade for everybody. Fine, three down fine. back in Buffalo, but I'm just going to say that. <laughs> um, no, I, I think that they're not sleepers right now because we are still in the rookie fever window. But I mm. think that once the season kicks off and you've got guys like Zach Charbonnet and Kendra Miller and Tank Bigsby and Roshan Johnson, Tajay Spears, like that, that cluster of backs that were all kind of going in that second round of the draft. Once the season kicks off and people realize like, I'm not starting this guy like, right. you know, and like, I was really excited about him. I, I, he's not in my lineup right now. I, I think that that becomes a great buy window because I think that those players are the players that, really spike that value as the season goes on. They get that opportunity. We saw it last year with Damian Pierce where he was a slow starter. And then, you know, we, we are all very involved in dynasty Twitter and you're probably watching the show. You're on dynasty Twitter as well. Um, you, you see those moments where Roshan Johnson is the week four starter in Chicago and literally everybody makes their profile picture Roshan Johnson and changes their name to Roshan Johnson. And, <laughs> and you get those spikes off that. And so, yep. We're, we're not quite in that window yet because I think that you need to get that season start and realize that they're not in your lineup. But um, some of these other guys, I think, you know, I think Zach Evans is a great call out. But some of those boring like year two guys now that that got forgotten about were like Jerome Ford had a moment, but then he was injured. Like Jerome Ford looks to be still the clear backup behind Nick Chubb in Cleveland once he's back and healthy or a guy like Elijah Mitchell who just looks dead behind mm. Christian McCaffrey, but he still gets a little bit of run and he does something with the ball that that injury opens up that situation or the opposite end of the spectrum, the boring vets, like a guy like Jeff Wilson and, and like guys like that, that are going to be on the field that, um, and, and a lot of, so what colors my view on the running back position is the way that I usually construct my dynasty rosters. I go for high-end quarterbacks. I go for high-end wide receivers and running backs. I kind of, I want a deep running back bench and just give me two guys that I can put in that week that maybe can get me 10 to 15 points because my quarterbacks and my, my wide receivers are bringing it home. And, and so that kind of colors what I'm looking for in sleepers right now, but it's really those guys that either are the boring veterans that do have a role or these guys that are kind of the post-type sleeper just a little bit on the young yeah. end. Yeah. And I think that it's funny. Matt Wiggins again here in the chat is like, you taking my answers, Jeff, what the heck? Like, but again, he, I think we're all on the same page. Roshan's definitely a good one. And I know puff pass kick had my other one that I wanted to talk about, which is Antonio Gibson. I feel like a lot of people are, are you know, sleeping on him and, and for obvious reasons, he wasn't terrific last year, but they are changing their offense a little bit. They went out and got Eric B Now we're going to see if that offense 
in, in Kansas City was anything to do with Eric Bieniemy, or if he was just the hype guy and it was really just Andy Reid's offense anyway. But I think Antonio Gibson, I mean, he's he's going even lower than the guys you were just talking about. He's RB39 right now in DLF ADP as of August. Like, that to me is a steal. Even in redraft, I don't mind getting Antonio Gibson as an RB3, RB4 kind of option, right? So I think that's somebody that I'm really a fan of. And, and it's interesting, of course, that we've got some of our listeners who agree with me. I don't know if it's them agreeing with me or me agreeing with them. But either way, uh, that's a good one. I also, I mean, again, we didn't really talk about too much, but I really think Derrick Henry for right now is still a stud and is still somebody that is kind of getting slept on. I mean, he was RB4, I think it was last year, and he's going as RB16 in Dynasty. Like, I get that we're all afraid of that cliff. And you mentioned it before, Jeff, Ty J Spears is there and could take over. But until that happens, Derrick Henry could still be a league winner. And if, if he's going at RB16 right now in ADP, I feel like I'm willing to pay that price. You know what I mean? Like, that's not terrible. He's going right around guys like J.K. Dobbins, Damian Pierce, Miles Sanders. All of those guys have question marks. All of those guys are splitting touches. All of those guys might only have this year. Guess what? That's running backs in general, my friend. Like, there aren't that many that can last five years, right? And Derrick Henry's done it for two. What's a third? I mean, he's just a beast. He's a freak of nature like Adrian Peterson to me. He just reminds me of him, the way he runs and everything. So I just feel like, I hate to say it, Derrick Henry being a sleeper feels like saying, oh, B. John Robinson is this guy I just heard of. I don't know if you guys have heard of him at all. He's a sleeper. I'm going to really draft him really high. Like, it feels like I'm cheating calling Derrick Henry a sleeper. But that's kind of one of those names, too. He's a veteran. He's kind of getting, I don't want to say crapped on, but he's kind of getting pushed down because of all the optimism on these other players. But Dude, it's Derrick Henry. I don't know. Have you seen him run? He's a he's a machine. He just knocks people over. So I just I love that. But uh, Jay, we'll go back to you. Is there any other sleepers? Anyone else you wanted to dig in on or comment on? I guess that Jeff brought up. No, I I, I like the Antonio Gibson thing. I I think you guys hit it right on the on the nail there um, with um, Eric Bieniemy coming over. I think Gibson's probably a winner in that type of situation, and so that that could help. But yeah, I completely agree with um, Derrick Henry as sort of being a sleeper. I mean, the the question is, is, you know, like what kind of team you have from a dynasty perspective? Right. Are you a contender or are you sort of rebuilding? If you got if you're drafting Derrick Henry on a, a rebuilding team, that is the opposite of what you want to do, because you're trying <laughs> to make your your pick as high or as most valuable as possible. And so. In those types of situations, and then and then the the market for him is then is then a little less because not every team in your league is trying to contend. Um, but if you could get some sort of bidding war for him, um, that'd be great. But if you're a contender, yeah, for sure, um, I want him in one of my running back spots. So I, I completely agree with you there. I think you're hitting on kind of something there too. Is that uh, no two leagues are the same, right? And there are some that are very active and some that are not. And I think if you're a contending team and it's not a very active league, I think you could probably get Derrick Henry pretty easily because it wouldn't take a lot of effort. But I feel like the active leagues are the ones where people may be less likely to move him because they're just like, no, 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 let me see how this goes because I can make moves if I need to. And I think that's something that maybe gets, I don't want to say ignored, I guess, but just kind of pushed to the bottom of the pile when it comes to like trade talks and like, you know, hey, should I offer, should I accept this trade? I try to ask a lot of questions like that because it's like, that matters, you know? Like, are there a lot of trades in your league? Is this the only chance you're going to get? Does this guy tend to not counter? I mean, like some of that stuff in a vacuum, sure, you can put it on Twitter and here's who wins, right? But like, if somebody's asking me a, a trade in their league, which we'll get into and find me a trade next or in a little bit here, it's like, there is some context there that we, we just can't know. And so it's like, yeah, I would take that trade. And then you realize, oh, that's the only trade that happened in that league all year. You know what I mean? Like, just... We see that actually in sometimes when we do find me a trade, sometimes we go in on MFL, you can look at the history, right? And so we'll do that when we're during the season. I know there was one time last year, the guy said uh, there was only two trades this season and they both involved me. 
And I looked it up and sure enough, he was exactly right. Since the league rolled over that year, there were only two trades and he was in both of them. And so I think it was a show I was on with Scott Sidlow and Scott and I both are like, get out of that league, man. Like that, like that's, that seems like a really boring league. But again, that, that context matters, right? Like if you're in an active league, you may not need to go get Derrick Henry right now. You can kind of be a little bit slower on it. But if it's a quiet league, now might be your window to kind of get him for the one chance you can get. Uh, Jeff, before we close the door in this segment and this topic, I mean, is there anyone else you want to hit on as a sleeper or someone else you want to you know, piggyback on that we might have mentioned? And I, I've been on the Gibson thing and, and I back in the spring, I wrote an article and I made the comparison between Gibson and the way that Jarek McKinnon was used. But mm. I, I almost think the sleeper in that backfield is not, is not Gibson. I almost think Brian Robinson is the sleeper in that backfield. And it's interesting to me that, yeah, like he's, he's two spots higher in ADP, but like, so I'm in the John Bosch league and it's called three. And oh, we yeah. do three multi-tier auctions. It's a three copy league. And so you've got a Devi auction, you've got a rookie auction, and then you've got a sophomore auction and like players are coming in. So by the sophomore year, you've got three players in their rookie year. You've got two players, Debbie, you've got one copy. And so um, I was in the sophomore auction. I got Brian Robinson dirt, dirt cheap. It was like super cheap. And and it was one of those of like, he's just viewed as the boring guy. And Antonio Gibson is the exciting guy. But when you look at it, like there is not a player lower in dynasty ADP and especially a second year player lower in dynasty ADP that could just be the guy that yeah. he could be the bell cow getting at most all the carries and Gibson maybe gets spliced in. But we've seen trends that direction in the Washington offense previously. And so I think that he's an interesting guy that because maybe not in a startup and maybe not when a startup when you're sitting there seeing that ADP, but kind of when you're looking for trades across your league and that guy that like, oh, I got Brian Robinson. He's my RB three or four. Like that's a guy that I think is worth targeting in that type of situation. Well, you make a good point, too. He's only two spots higher in DLF ADP, but you might be able to get him for cheaper than Antonio Gibson. Yeah. Right. Even if his ADP is higher, you might be able to get him in a trade for less. You could probably send a third or set two thirds. I don't know, like a second and a player for uh, Brian Robinson in a third or something. You do one of those kind of trades like there's a whole bunch of stuff out there and people are kind of sleeping on both of them. You're exactly right. Um, and again, you said it well, too. Like we don't know who it's going to be. Really, we, we don't know. I mean, there, you want to say it's one or the other. But Antonio Gibson's been in the doghouse. He decorated the hell out of that thing while he was in there because he was in there so long. There's a very good likelihood that Brian Robinson comes out as the actual running back that we all want to have in Washington. So and that team could be kind of wild this year. Right. With Jahan Dotson coming on, Terry McLaurin, Sam Howell looking yeah. good. Like that team could put up some numbers. So that could be interesting. It could be. It's a good point. Good point. Yeah, they're both. I guess they're both sleepers at this point until somebody wakes up and kills the other one and then you're good to go. Um, but for now, that's actually a pretty good list. We could go on all day about this, but I think we covered a pretty fair amount. Uh, I think we're going to move on to our next segment of the evening, which these are some of the Dynasty Junkies Listener League trades. We try to go through these when we can. Sometimes we have no updates for the leagues. There's three of them and they're all pretty quiet. They're all super flex, tight end, premium, PPR, kind of not vanilla, but kind of interesting. DJ one is 12 teams. DJ two and three are 14 teams. Uh, we didn't have any info in DJ3 this week, but I wanted to get some of your opinions on this. And these are two trades I'm going to mention kind of in a row. Uh, we had doc in DJ1, Dr. Toboggan gave up his own 24 second for Nico Collins to Mikey MK MCKU, who then immediately turns around and gives up his <laughs> own second for Tyler Lockett, which I thought was an interesting move. Um, I mean, in my mind, I look at this as Mikey MCKU is kind of putting some things together. He's trading a, a He's getting a second from another player for Nico Collins and then trading his for Lockett. I think Lockett greater sign Collins, right? We would all agree there. And then the second round picks 
who knows? Like that could be equal or better. Like, so I guess I'm just curious, Jeff, I'll kick it back to you first. What do you think about these two trades? Does this make sense? Which side are you on on both or either? What do you think? I have Nico Collins in one league that I'm rebuilding and God, I would love to get a second round pick for him. I've been trying so hard for him. It's just like one of those things of like, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you did it there. Please. Um, I, I had, um, Mickey in in a league and um is it Mikey or Mickey? I always um, say Mikey. I don't know. Yeah, but he I think he left the league. But he's a he's a fun mm-hmm. guy to play with. Um, but it it is interesting to me that I think that it's if you're willing if you're looking to get off Nico Collins, you're not going to do pe- better than a second round pick right now. Now you might get to point where he is CJ Stroud's number one target and sure. increases the value on that. But if, to move off right now, um, but then the to turn around and and do the locket trade, I I mean. Lockett's got so much steam and I guess I feel better now that Jackson Smith and Jigba is potentially out of the lineup, but Hmm. um, that, that was one that uh, I don't know. It's a, that's a tenuous one to hold in dynasty for me. Lockett, you mean just in general, right? Like as a, as a dynasty asset. Yeah. He's getting older. That obviously scares people a little bit. Jay, what do you think about these two trades? Are you kind of on the same page that second is definitely good for Nico Collins, right? Yeah. First I'd say this is a very savvy owner. Uh, he's yeah. basically a, a market maker here. Um, you know, you know, flipping one for a second and then taking another second and getting the other and, you know, um, you know, I guess upgrading in a sense for points this year uh, yeah. from Nico Collins to Tyler Lockett. And, you know, I like the prospects of Nico Collins. I, I'm not sure if I'm selling him, but, but the way that it works out, I think, Nico Collins for a second is a really great trade. I think you'd probably have to, if you were trying to even out the trade, I think you'd have to probably send like a fourth or maybe like a late third back on the Nico side yeah. to make that trade even out is kind of how I'd view that one. And then the second for a Tyler Lockett. Now this is all, I'm all, I'm doing this all on like assuming this second is a mid second. If I assume a, they're all mid early... because you, it's all very competitive, but you also, you never know. The league yeah. can go crazy, right? You just, you never know. This might change the calculus if it was a very early second or if it was a very late second, but if it's a mid second, then you go and you pay that for, for Tyler Lockett that will essentially get you points. I think you're upgrading your points in 2023. Um, I'm not sure how, you know, Tyler Lockett's getting up there in age. I think I'd agree with some of the sentiment that Jeff was sort of talking about. And we don't know what the situation like is going to be like in the long term for Tyler Lockett, but you are upgrading points for this year. And you basically just get it gave went from Nico Collins to Tyler Lockett. And so that's, that's a pretty savvy move. And you're also creating, you're also trading with players in your league. So people are going to be more likely to trade with you in the future. Mm -hmm. The the word the thing I worry about is like if people if people line up really strongly one way or the other on this if they say Nico for Lockett is like out of whack you guys pulled you pulled one on the league here by doing this type of thing um, then they might be less likely to, to trade with him in the future but um, I, I like what he did um, Tyler Lockett wouldn't have been my like number one choice to go after with that second but I, I do understand the upgrade from a points per game perspective. I think Nico Collins um, has some good opportunity here in the Texans, but he's going to be tied to sort of this young QB in like a not very great offense. And so the, his ability to put up consistent fantasy points or, you know, those spike weeks or whatever you're looking for in 2023 might be limited. And so I can understand why you'd want to make that move. Um, 
but it is going against the grain in terms of age, in terms of yeah. what you want to try and figure out from a, from a dynasty perspective and, to, and sort of holding, whereas Lockett might be like towards the tail end of an age curve. Nico's still very young. And if he yeah. does hit, there's, there's a, a value curve or a price curve upward if that does happen. So you're kind of giving up some of that optionality well, by doing maybe it. Maybe Collins so, becomes Stroud's guy. And like, maybe there's some yeah. logic where like they just take off and they bond. You never know. Right. We've seen stranger things. Um, but no, it was interesting seeing this one come through. I had previously on trade addicts. Uh, I talked about this on in trade addicts. One, I sent Tyler Lockett away for a second uh, and I'm totally rebuilding on that team. Like I, I, I think my best quarterback now is uh, Mac Jones and it's just, it's not looking good, right? So I'm just kind of pivoting and throwing in the towel early, which just makes it fun because trade addicts, we're all doing that anyway. Um, but so I, I made that same trade, Tyler Lockett, for a second in that league in a rebuild. And I'm like, well, that makes perfect sense. I don't want the points. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to tank a little. Uh, and I think you hit the nail on the head there. Lockett is points for this year. And I don't want that. But a second, and it looks to be potentially an early second in that league. I just feel like that, that value feels right to me. So I don't hate that. Uh, the next two trades are in Dynasty Junkies 2. Uh, one of them is with my team. And DJ two, we had Scott and uh, Scott and Rocky shared a team, and I have my own. Uh, so it's a fourteen teamer, like I said, so slightly different valuation. And I was out on Friday night with the wife and some friends, and did a shot of tequila, and immediately posted in all of our chats, "Hey, I'm doing tequila. Hit me up for a trade," because that's just usually when like the, the, I get spicy. You know what I mean? Like, let's see. <laughs> you and never I got a really good trades when you do that. I'm Listen, saying. I know I got a couple really bad offers. I'll be <laughs> honest. Like, I, I, not not just from you, Jeff, but I mean, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but some others were like trying to I'm like, guys, it's just one shot. Like, let's be careful. I'm not that gone. But I did get one where it was <laughs> my Odell Beckham for their Tyler Boyd. And I'm like, well, I am a Bengals fan and I'm not a Ravens fan. <laughs> They're both kind of older. Like, ah, shoot, I'll take it. So that one I did. I feel like it was a lateral move. I don't think there's anything positive or negative, but I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that. So thank you for that one, Renegades Punts. That was an enjoyable trade talk. Uh, we don't need to talk about that much more than the fun of it. But the bigger one, and this is one I definitely want to spend a minute on, uh, Fantasy Timeline, the guys from Fantasy Timeline who were back last night actually here on the DAP Network, uh, they gave up C.D. Lamb to Bing Pot, which is a great, uh, uh, was it 99, uh, Brooklyn 99, that's what it is. So Bing Pot gave up Elijah Moore a 24 first and two 25 seconds to get C.D. Lamb. I guess... Maybe Jay, I'll kick it to you first. What do you th think about this trade? Which side would you rather have? Are you in or out on Elijah Moore? Kind of hit me with all that. You couldn't have got the use those two twenty twenty five seconds for the first. You couldn't have just got that that second first. Um, is is my first comment. Yeah. Um, CD Lamb is uh, like one of maybe three or four guys that I think could uh, break out into that sort of upper echelon of jamar chase justin jefferson group so i i put um maybe aj brown garrett wilson jalen waddle and, and cd ram lamb in that category and i'm not saying he does it i'm not saying that it happens but if he does get to that that area that's a tremendous spike in value can you think about what oh man yeah. you have to pay to get a justin jefferson what you have to pay to get a jamar chase right now that's and <laughs> um you know you know it's it's definitely probably more than one first and two seconds um to get those guys so um i i um i'm cautious about this generally what i like to do is i like to do these types of trades when you know like a cd lamb is at like its peak his peak value um or his peak you know price to get him and and i'd like to tear down to a guy that you know can get similar points per game and i'm not sure elijah moore is that guy that gets that like 
you know, breaks into that, like, you know, uh, pretty decent um, fantasy points per game. Now, he he had a really good rookie season. Um, I liked him coming out of the draft, so I'm positively disposed towards towards Elijah Moore. I'm rooting for him. I hope he does well. I, I think that Deshaun Watson has a, a good season this year. I think he gets back to old form, and I think that rises Elijah Moore's value. But, you know, when we're talking about, um, you know, like getting that differentiated fantasy points per game, I'm not sure Elijah Moore has the same, like, upside as a CD Lamb. So um, a long answer here. Uh, but I, I'm not sure. I probably want to keep CD Lamb. If, I, if it was the two firsts, Plus somebody like Elijah Moore, um, then maybe. Um, but I, I still want to keep that premium type of asset usually, um, unless I am like pretty confident in in you know who I'm getting back and I'm I'm getting sort of that overpay. Generally, when it's those those really high end premium guys and it's super flex, I, I usually want to make a quarterback involved somehow. So I'm Ooh. getting some sort of positional advantage there. If I'm trading yeah. that really, really high end and who knows, CD lamb may never get there. And we have may missed our opportunity to cash that first plus two seconds plus Elijah Moore. And, you know, you, you look back on it you're like, Oh man, this is, this is rough, but you're also giving up sort of that high upside or using him to, to position yourself to, to get that like top tier quarterback or whatever to help you from a positional perspective in Superflex, you know, well, set yourself up. I think you're saying too, is that if it was more in two firsts, you would feel better about it, right? So a first is more than two seconds. I think I would agree with that in general, right? Like not knowing where these picks are and like not knowing anything else about the teams, right? Like a 25 first, even if it was a 25 first, would be better than two 25 seconds. I, I agree with you. I think this is this felt a little light to me too. It felt like I'd rather have that lamb, that that asset there that is probably still has a little room to ascend, but is most likely not to decline. That was kind of my thinking. Jeff, what are your thoughts on this trade? Are you kind of on the same side as Jay and I? First off, I'm completely out on Odell Beckham, so I think you did a good job on getting Tyler. Thank you. Thank but, finally. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> no, um, uh, CD Lamb, and I wrote a spotlight on CD Lamb for football guys. The, the overall wide receiver one is in CD Lamb's range of outcomes, and the Elijah Moore not being playable in fantasy is in his range of outcomes. Like I think I just yeah. think you you sold CD Lamb, who could be the wide receiver one, who could be a first round startup pick next year for a bunch of magic beans. I mean, essentially. <laughs> Yeah, and it's a 14-teamer, which I think adds a little bit of drama to those seconds, too. They're a little later, right? I mean, yeah. you're not going to get the 13th. You're going to have to get the 15th. I mean, those little things kind of add up. I think part of this, too, is uh, Bingpot, who's Jesse, is in our league, and he has Dak Prescott. He was excited about getting the stack. And, I mean, again, the fantasy timeline, guys, if anybody listens to them, you know that Josh and the team, they just kind of do what they got to do, and I love that about them. So glad they're in this league with us. It's just It's been fun having the chat kind of go nuts sometimes. But, yeah, I, think, I don't think it's a terrible trade. It's not like a – veto the trade it's not like let's blow it up it's just i'd rather have lamb i'd rather pay that price but if you think lamb is on the downturn or that i don't know the deck isn't the answer that he's not going to do well this year or you know tony pollard isn't going to be the guy or something you just have some doubts on on uh the, the Cal cowboys team and then you're thinking elijah moore is going to be the second guy now behind amari cooper maybe you think he's ascending and i get a couple picks to make it back up and uh, honestly sometimes i just trade out of boredom so this might have been one of those two who knows but I don't hate the trade. I just would rather have land. That's kind of where my head was on this. I want to make one more if point. It, that, that's exactly the type of trade that I like to make to get land. Like you accumulate all these little pieces so that mm -hmm. you can get a lamb. 
the other thing too, like we're looking at it on paper. And so when you're looking right. at it on paper, you're okay. Here's a bunch of picks and here's Elijah Moore and here's CD lamb. When you're looking at what you can actually put into your lineup, like it might be one for one swap where you're putting Elijah Moore versus CD lamb into your lineup in, in a lot of situations. That's probably what's happening here too. In a 14 team or the, the lineups are, you know, the rosters are a little leaner, right? So even if it's like CD lamb is your wide receiver one and Elijah Moore is your wide receiver three, you start through your receivers, you're still going to need a, you know, that's still technically a one for one swap. I agree. It is kind of an interesting like consolidation trade though, to mention what you said too. And I think a lot of times we talk about these trades and adding things on the margin, like getting an extra second or an extra third or what have you, and then using those thirds to get up to a second, like kind of using some of this, this is why you do it, right? This is kind of the logic is to get a bunch of these to try to throw into somebody that is maybe trying to rebuild and just looking for multiple dart throws, right? That's kind of the thought process here too. So um, I think that covers it pretty well. But Jay, did you have anything else you wanted to mention on this? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, um, I talk a lot about this process of compounding where if you can you can trade down the price curve, but keep the points per game the same and then collect extra on the on the thing. Mm. And I think this is the that type of the deal for, for the Elijah Moore side of this. But the, I think the issue that I'm having is the Elijah Moore part. If yeah. this was, say, Brandon Ayuk, or this was DJ Moore in here where the drop off isn't like so much and you're getting the extras. So the first or the two firsts or whatever, that's the type of the move I want to do. It's it's, I think it's just the uncertainty around the Elijah Moore part. That's, that's troubling for me. And I'm not saying that Elijah Moore doesn't break out. What I'm just saying is that when I'm evaluating this trade, I would like the little bit more certainty of having the higher, higher guy like an Ayuk or DJ Moore or something like that. That's a good point too. And Jeff mentioned that already, right? Like that there is technically a zero is an outcome for Elijah Moore. Like he wasn't, he didn't do terrific. He, you know, obviously underperformed in New York. They traded him. Maybe it's the scenery. Maybe he does well, but maybe there's an issue between the years and he just never puts it together. I mean, we've seen that happen with some other receivers that have the talent, just can't put it on the field. So I think that's what makes that's a good point. That's what makes this one risky to me. It's not as much the picks, although I would have liked better picks, but that's always the case in every trade. Uh, but you're right. If it was something like even a Jerry Judy or a Christian Kirk or Calvin Ridley, hell, like let's go I'd pick anybody, right? Like any of those guys that are higher up in the rankings, I would feel a little bit better because the zero chance of those guys barring injury is much lower, right? They're not going to get zero as often as a Elijah Moore might. So that's a fair point. All right, so with that, we're going to get into one of my favorite things that we do on this show, and i got to play the noise because it's my favorite noise. Find me a trade. Thank you, Brian Harb. We appreciate your volume and your voice. Uh, Find me a trade. This segment comes to us tonight from our listener, Jeff Jacobs, at Alpha Male JMJ. Uh, I'm not going to pull it up because it's just I'm too tired and too lazy, but uh, it's the the league is La Cosa Nostra. The team is Corleone Co-Champs. It's a 12-team PPR with a 0.5 tight end premium on top of that, and it is super flex. Start 10, so one quarterback, two running back, three receiver, tight end, two flex, and that super flex we talked about. I'm not going to read all of his thoughts either. I asked him for an update, and Jeff, I love this. He sent us like all of this different thoughts. I'm like, okay, I I get it. This is good. This is all good context, but I'll start with the easiest stuff here and kind of maybe finish at the end, which I think is the most interesting part of this. We talked about it before, but he said in his, uh, his write-up, certain teams are very hard to trade with. Dynasty X-Factor compares everything in startup value, making moves with him impossible. I'm in a couple leagues with people like that, where they're like, no, no, I drafted him in a third. Like, buddy, that was four years ago. Like, I, you know, it doesn't matter anymore. Like, what are we doing? Uh, which I think is hilarious. Einbot only wants to trade, only wants to buy cheap pieces. Ricky Lemon won't trade his 24 first unless he gets a top 30 stud. 
Dane N15 and the CD Dam only want young players and picks. Blade Fins and Vikings Fan 78 don't respond to trades unless it's a very big win for them. And then Meltdown City FF is all in for this season. This is the kind of context I wish we had on every single one of these. Because in my mind, I looked at this and I went, hmm, how can I play this? And we all ended up coming up with a similar trade. I will run through the roster verbally, at least, so we have an idea. But I don't know, maybe to start out with, uh, Mr. Jeff Jacobs here, I, you're, you're not a contender. I don't want to wreck your world, but this is not <laughs> a great team. Uh, he's got your boy, Josh Allen, though, Jeff Bell, Josh Allen. Uh, after that, it gets bleak quick with Stetson Bennett, Mike White, Bailey Zappi, Skyler, just Sam Darnold, like nobody at QB2. Uh, running back, he's got Leonard Fournette, Jamal Williams, Devin A. Chain, Zach Charbonnet, Chris Evans, Kenyon Drake, who's playing well tonight in preseason against guys that'll be working at Home Depot in three weeks. Uh, running a receiver, he's got Christian Watson, uh, Rashid Shahid, George Pickens, Michael Thomas, Amari Cooper, a little bit better receiving room. Odell Beckham, you were talking about. Brandon Cooks, uh, Trey Palmer, tight end. He's got George Kittle, Tyler Higby, Jelani Woods, Luke Schoonmaker. He does have three 24 firsts, one of which, is, or none of which, I'm sorry, none of which are his own, which is an interesting point that we can kind of talk about. But I guess we all sort of hit on the same thing, and maybe let's use this as a pivot. And we can get into the deeper stuff with yours, Jeff, in a little bit. But we all were thinking, well, if this isn't a contender, if I'm not going to win this year, how can I make my team better for next year? And we all pretty much targeted, in some form or fashion, Kyler Murray. Jay, I'll kick it to you first. What was your thinking on this team? And then what was your Kyler Murray trade, just while you get into some of this? Yeah, so I think, you know, in the notes there, I think you you kind of alluded to this um that you know he uh, the the dynasty player here was under the impression that if if his team was to do well like somewhat through the season that he'd be able to like sell some pieces to be a contender. I I would agree with you, Andrew, and I'm not sure that this is a contender roster. So, yeah. what if that's if that's the case? If you come come to that, um, you know, you reflect on it, and that's what you come to. Um, what I want to be doing is you know setting up this team for the future and in superflex. That means I want to have two elite QBs and I want to own my own pick for next year because yes. I'm thinking about tanking uh, or, you know, making that pick as high as possible. So um, that's sort of, there's sort of like one A and one B. I, I need to own my own pick. And I also am, am like really wanting to get that second elite QB. Um, I, you know, I talked about this dynasty investor series. I think there's some tremendous buys out there. Kyler Murray is, is a, one of my, like, this is, this is a, huge buying opportunity there's a few other oh, yeah. players that I, I feel that way about um that Deontay Johnson one for the Steelers I think is but Kyler Murray is right up there at the very top of the list of guys I want to buy um and so that was that was my first inclination you got you got to pair Josh Allen with Kyler Murray and next year you'll be set up to 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 do really well um so I want to get I want to like get those I want to make those two things happen so in order to get Kyler Murray you got to deal with Ricky Lemon um he does have extra extra um qbs but he's looking for studs and um the the guy that i came up with and and i I had sort of three examples here but really honestly i'd be willing to piecemeal a bunch of these players to try and make all three of these things work if it could um but um the guy that i looked at on your squad here was george pickens now i'm not picking on george pickens here i think he could be really good and all indications come out of cam including tonight's preseason game where he caught a 30 yard bomb looks like he actually looks pretty good 
Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, is if you want to get somebody good, you got to get somebody, you got to give up somebody good. You got to make it enticing. And so I think, you know, Pickens does have the uh, possibility of being good. Um, but there's there's just a possibility. Kyler Murray, we know, is good. We've seen him do it over every year that he's been playing quarterback. He's putting up differentiated fantasy points per game. Even if you take um, that last year or you take out his injured game, it's it's all above 20 fantasy points per game. It gets you that elite level fantasy production, and people are down on him. You're not sure if he's going to come back. You're not sure if the Cardinals are going to tank and trade Kyler Murray. Oh, yeah. tank for Caleb. Yep. All of these things are pushing his value down. Um, and I think now is a great time to, to buy Kyler Murray. So my my trade idea was to trade George Pickens and Gabriel Davis for Kyler Murray. I think you're giving up maybe a little bit too much in today's value. But over time, if Kyler Murray comes back and puts, starts putting up that elite production, um, that is pretty interesting to me. Now, that doesn't always happen. Like, um, you know, a lot of times you think uh, like you're offering this great deal and it might not work. My other idea here for quarterback is to go after um, Justin Fields on Prestige FF. Um, so he's got an extra QB too. He's also got Brock Purdy and you have Sam Darnold. So it's a nice match here where you can send Darnold and sort of backstop that Purdy share in case Purdy, you know, struggles through this season. And 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 Darnold seems to be that QB two right behind Purdy. So, you know, it would yeah. feel it would feel like a way to, you know, help um, you know, you know push the trade through is adding a guy, a piece like Sam Darnold. So I, I put George Pickens um, a mid first, whichever one you think is maybe your worst first and then Sam Darnold. And that works out about fair to Justin Fields. I'm not saying that that's something that he will do, but you're giving up another young stud in George Pickens. You're giving up a mid first and you're backstopping his quarterbacks for him. It might, you might have a way to sell it. Well, and last, so let me and, just interrupt here and just say, th- yeah. this, these are both kind of trades that these are good bones, right? Th- this may yeah. not go exactly as you're asking, right. but if you send that, they might counter and adding a second or they, you know, you can, it starts some conversations. And I think both of these are very viable starting options. I think too, with the Justin Fields manager, of course, Justin Fields is is probably in that second tier of, of quarterbacks right now in Superflex, which makes it a little harder to get rid of him. But this guy's got Jalen Hurts. So it's like, he may not necessarily you know, feel as, as tied to Justin Fields and he might look at his roster. And again, prestigious receivers are a little weak. He's got Zay, Zay flowers, Deontay Johnson, Jacoby Myers, like he needs some receiver help. So kind of sending him pickings and then that mid first, which he can maybe trade for something. I like the logic of that. I don't know if that's enough in a sense, but it could be a good starting point. So I really like that one. And again, the Murray one I thought was pretty solid too. So, and you had a third one on here, which I definitely want to get into, but I just want to comment like these are, these are good starting spots. I like this Jay. Yeah, and the last one I'd say is getting your your first back. So like, yeah, let's say none of, that. Yeah. none of these quarterbacks work out. You're not able to figure out a way to get that sort of that elite second quarterback. The best thing you can do is get your your first round pick back and then sell off all your pieces and tank for Caleb because yeah. that's your that's your second elite quarterback right there. If you can if you can swing it, so I put in Pickens for a third and you get your first back. So you're giving your stud, you're you're adding a little bit to it. So it's you know yeah, pickings and a third for your first and yeah. a third for yeah. the first. Um, and so like these these some of these you said might be starting places. Some of these might actually be viewed a little bit as like overpaying for some yeah. of this stuff. But I think it sets you up in a better spot because if you're looking back and you say Pickens plus a third gets me Caleb Williams, if that's really Worth what it. you can get, yep. then it's 
a thousand times worth it. And that's which would do. And I, and I'm not here. I, I gave you three trades with Pickens. Really, we can you know piecemeal stuff in here. You got some really great pieces that you can put in here instead of Pickens, or you can try and make all three of these things happen. So you can get yourself right. Kyler Murray. You can try and get yourself Justin Fields, and you can try and get your pick back. And your your roster will probably be very depleted, but that's the um, goal. You, you get in, your pick back. That's what you, you want. Yeah, you might be in a, a better position. And I don't want to pick on Pickens here. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I think I think he could be good, but you do have to give up good players to get yourself in a better position. Um, and right now, with all the buzz going on with Pickens, um, and st- there's still being uncertainty in that whole situation um, in in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, he might be a guy where you could maybe sell a little high. I, who knows whether he, you know, takes off or not. But um, you know, he you could be selling at a pretty good spot to lock yourself in with some well, quarterbacks for the future. You know what I would do here too is if I'm trying to buy my first back, I I kind of prime the pump a little in the chat and I just start talking trash to everybody about how I'm going to dominate them and Josh Allen's going to have a great year. I try to do whatever I can to lower the value of my first before I go get it. Um, because again, I, I think if you think you're a contender and Jeff in this write up, not Jeff Bell, but Jeff Jacobs thinks he is a, a contender. He thinks he might a couple of trades away. Keep talking that talk, man. Honestly, keep hyping that up in the chat. Maybe, you know, maybe there's some sort of, you get lucky week one and you pull out a victory, even though you're only starting Josh Allen, maybe he goes nuts, which I know Jeff would be very happy about. Jeff Bell would be very happy about. So it's like, maybe there's some luck there where you can kind of go crazy. And, and that's when I would try to go get my first. So I love that logic. Um, and again, I think those are all pretty, pretty good options to start with. Uh, Jeff Bell, let's kind of get into some of yours. I know you had a similar kind of different options on this, which I love when this comes with more homework than this. But what are your thoughts on this team? And are you kind of in that same mode of get your own first back? Or are you worried about quarterback more? So I, I think it's a tiered approach here because right now you have Josh Allen and you don't have a second quarterback. And to me, right. that sends up a red flag to your league that whoever's holding your pick is basically sitting there saying, Josh Allen goes down. I have the one one And a bye week is so, a zero. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If Josh Allen goes down for the season, whoever's holding his pick has the one one And that's just the way it's going to be. Um, so so I, I hear you on Kyler Murray, and I like that move. Um, but I looking at alternatives and the, and the one that I kind of zeroed in on um, is Kenny Pickett and you can cringe if you want to. Um, but looking at the team that has Kenny Pickett, so they're sitting there, they have Patrick Mahomes. So they're locked in that quarterback one spot They're they're quarterbacks. So they've got Pickett, they've got Geno Smith, who is probably going to be starting as their quarterback to most weeks. They've got Jimmy Garoppolo. They've got Sam Howell, the hottest thing right now. And so, yeah, they're kind of thinking I got an extra guy here with Pickett right now. And so, uh, and then looking at their wide receivers, uh, probably conceptually something around Amari Cooper for Kenny Pickett. And maybe you're splicing in some later picks or you're, you're tossing in uh, some auxiliary pieces, but the, the move I want to make right now is to lock up that quarterback two spot so that I I've got that quarterback two. Then that's when I want to go and try to do my pick. And, and I hear you on, on Pickens, but I, I think that, the way this team is structured, I think that you need the range of outcomes on Pickens. You need him to hit that high-end outcome. And, and I think you need Christian Watson to hit that high-end outcome to really kind of mm-hmm. emerge to where you're at right now versus you know, monetizing them at this moment in time. And so, and, and then if you get Kenny Pickett, you got to stack with George Pickens. So congratulations there. Um, but no, so putting Pickett in there, they're going to see that trade happen. And they're going to say, well, well, darn, I had his first. Now he's got yep. his quarterback too. 
that that is going to trigger in their mind that this pick is not worth what I thought it was before. And that's when you go to them and, and you maybe you throw the it looks like um, I think probably the Meltdown City would be the most highly valued first. And so I'd throw Meltdown Cities first. And then maybe if you have to do that third or you have to do that second or something to kind or of Odell, like one of those deal, other like bench players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Get that first back. And then at the moment you do that, the moment you do that, that's when you strip mine this thing. That's when you get rid Correct. of Brandon Cooks. That's when you get rid of Odell Beckham. That's when you get rid of Michael Thomas. You capitalize on the value for those guys. Clean this roster up a little bit. Like Marcus Gooden does not need to be on your team. Uh, yeah. Michael Woods does not need to be on your team. There are running backs that you can add in this league. This is a pretty deep league, but there are yeah. still running backs out there that you can add that can realize some value. So, so do some of those types of things of make sure to devalue your pick first, then set it up to tank the hell out of it and, and kind of go. And that's what the way that I would approach this. Um, but that's, yeah, no, that's for alternative or, or Trey Lance would be the other alternative too. I was just gonna say like, that's a great plan. And I think going and getting a risky player like Trey Lance is another option too. Like, I don't know if his value is going to get much lower. I mean, yeah, I definitely could, but I mean, like, I still could see him somewhere this year, if not on the 49ers. I don't think they cut him. I mean, that is an option, but I don't think that with the way they traded up and moved all those picks, I don't think they're going to do that. There there was some talk today that I think I saw that they're looking for an early day three pick maybe for him or something like that. That's what, a fourth rounder? You know what I mean? Like that's a third round, you know, second and third is day two. So it's like a fourth round pick. I don't, I mean, again, I don't know if there's a lot of NFL teams that would be against sending a fourth or fifth round pick for Trey Lance. I mean, hell, Bengals, do it. Let's go, guys. Like, I, that would be amazing. I'd much rather have Trey Lance on our bench than Trevor Simeon. Um, but no, so I think your, your logic, too, of going after Murray or Pickett or something like one of those guys that, you know, may not have as much value, I think is very smart, too. And I like your logic, like you put it, too, of getting that quarterback first does kind of what I was saying and, and sort of what Jay was talking about, getting your own first back that lowers the technical value of that. And so, again, just keep hyping up your team. Go do a trade to make your team a little better, even for the now. And, I mean, again, I'm not even against sending a first, which is kind of – I'll pivot to my trade here, which was send your what you consider your worst 24 first. And then I put Leonard Fournette and Odell Beckham. Like, just pick two players that you think might have good years this year. And I don't care who they are, even if Fournette doesn't have a team. Send somebody, send two players uh, to, the, to Ricky Lemon for Kyler Murray because Ricky Lemon has a bunch of players he can drop right now like Tom Brady, uh, there was another one I saw in there. Corey Davis, right? You can drop Corey Davis right now. He's done. Like there, there's just there's he's got he's got fluff on his team. You can send him a couple players plus a first and see if that's enough for Murray. And I think the logic that we're all going by here is you, you definitely need to make some moves. Um, I think this team, Alpha Male's team, is looking a little bit weak. I mean, again, you, you get the right three trades, maybe you're a contender, but it, you'd have to really strike amazing value leaps. Not just like not just boosts, but like leaps of value. You'd have to like fleece some teams, and there's a bunch of teams in this league that have well, what FF was it F or F Football Maniac has what like 20 quarterbacks or something like that, that, this guy, is, and none of them are good. Well, not should say that, but he's got Carson Wentz, Trevor Simeon, Kyle Allen, Teddy Bridgewater, PJ Walker, Jameis Winston, Aiden O'Connell, Joshua Dobbs, Clayton Toon, Tyra Taylor. Like he's got all these guys that are just like bench crap on quarterback. He's just hoarding the quarterback two market. He's got Drew Locke. He's got Blaine Gary. He is not a single quarterback. And this team only has one quarterback, right? So that means the actual good top 30 quarterbacks are held by the other 10 teams, which means almost every team that has a good quarterback has two other ones behind him, which could be good for you to kind of go get one of those guys off of one of those teams. 
And this is, again, why I love this logic of like, this is this league. This is not your league. This is not my league. This is Jeff Jacobs league. This is what he's dealing with right now. This is a mind crew of a league. I'll just put it that way. Like when I saw this, the first thing I saw was all the red on the image. I'm just like, what the? And then that team that has all those quarterbacks has Isaiah Likely and Logan Thomas at tight end. Like, wh- what? Like, are you kidding me right now? Like that that's a that's a ballsy team. So yeah, I think we're all on the same page of getting another player to help you next year. Getting your first back is imperative, especially in a league like this. And I think too, uh, the other trade I almost mentioned, which felt too boring, which you kind of hit on too though, Jeff, was like send a first that you have plus a player for your own first, right? And that comes across as like, I'm overpaying for, it's a first and a player for a first. I'm obviously losing the value. No, you're not. Like, trust me, that will that will be a Caleb Williams-esque type of pick for a non-Caleb Williams pick. The value will show itself in a year and, or not even in, in eight months or whatever now. You're going to love that trade. So that's one that, again, if I get that as that other guy, I'm just like, yeah, I'll take that. Like, what, are you kidding me? You're going to give me a free player here? Like, even if it's like Rashid Shahid, somebody that you think might have upside, who's got the flash in the pan capability. That just feels like a no-brainer, you know, smash except when in reality, you're kind of, you're winning because you're getting your own first back. So, all right, I think we covered that pretty well. But Jay, Jeff, either one of you, was there anything else you want to cover on this team other than a, a good luck and a pat on the back because could be in for a rough year? <laughs> nope, I think we got it. I think we covered it. I think so too. All right, well, I appreciate you guys being on here tonight. We're going to get out of here tonight. Obviously, both of you guys write for Football Guys, uh, one of the best sites out there. Uh, I know you both do a really good job at what you do, but I want to give you a chance, again, to kind of pimp your stuff and tell us what you're doing. I'll start with you, Jay. I know uh, first time on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. But what all are you doing for Football Guys, and where can people find what you're working on next? Yeah, thank you so much um, uh, for having me on. It's, it's been a pleasure, uh, and, and getting to you know share the stage with Jeff here is, is awesome. Um, yeah, I've been at Football Guys for, I, I think, since March. Um, I have a series for them called The, the Dynasty Investor, um, which, which actually my my latest act, um, article came out today. Um, basically, I, I have this concept called the PE ratio, where I'm taking um, investment type concepts and mm. bringing them into fantasy football. And um, you know, it's 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 essentially a, a value type of um, strategy. And I bring a whole bunch of like different types of investment concepts in there. My um, I, uh, I think five or six articles now. The last few have been focusing on each positions. This latest one was the tight end one. Um, and um, so that came out today. Uh, I've also been doing um, for the football guys, um, some of these camp reports. So they do these mm. August updates. Um, I, I've been covering the Rams for them. Um, these, these are some really cool reports. Um, probably one of the more um, helpful things you can read before you go to your draft. Um, learning about you know the ins and outs in a very quick bullet point type of manner. And if you want to dig into it, you can go into um, you know, click into the link and it'll give you a huge breakdown of what's happened each week in the preseason. We're going to, we're going into our fourth week here of putting this together. So incredibly helpful. Um, and so you can find all that work at, on the football guys and you can find my work on Twitter. Um, it's at underscore Jason Stein. Um, we also do uh, a lot of work for the WL stuff. Um, uh, there's a discord where you can join up, um, and, and talk a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I do a lot of analytics for them. Um, so I, I've been collecting data all summer on on some of the, the 2024 prospect rookie prospects. And I have a, a huge, huge database and, and some rankings there for them. That's that's all pinned in the in the um, on the Debbie rail. So um, lots of cool stuff going on. 
No, I know you're, you're busy. You got a lot of different things going on, but nobody is busy as Jeff Bell. Jeff, where can people find what you're not working on? Maybe that's a shorter list. I don't know. Well, don't follow me. <laughs> follow Jay and follow Andrew, but you can find oh. me on Twitter at for whom Jay Bell tolls. Um, you find me with football guys. So I've got two series that I've done for the last 10 weeks, a dynasty sell now, and then a dynasty stash series that have kind of been coming out weekly. Um, I've been doing two of the camp reports. I've been doing the chargers and the Falcons. Um, I do the football guys dynasty show podcast i do the some things with the debbie royale not as much as kevin would like me to do um but i am involved <laughs> with the, the debbie royale as well um but really you know we're kind of gearing up for the football season and and in season um i write a large article that comes out um i try to have it ready to go monday morning that runs about 10 pages long of of dynasty content on really what i saw on sunday and so that dives into stats and all kinds of different random things and, and I'm not as smart as Jay and I don't have the analytics like Jay does. Um, but I, I, you know, I'm a football guy at heart. That's so right. You're I, just I, a football guy. Yeah. You're right yeah, where you need I to do, be. Well, I, you know, I do projections and I look at usage and those types of things, but um, no, th those are, that's the main things going on right now, but they check, do check out the football guys dynasty show. I think we've hit our a yeah. good groove there and, and we're kind of, that's some good content coming out. No, yeah, and I appreciate you both coming on. Obviously, big fan of football, guys. I mean, it's one of the, the few sites that I just remember when I first started that was like, where do I go for information that I can trust that makes it easy to digest? And it's, you know, always been one of my favorites. So I love having you guys on and anybody from football, guys. It just a, it's a good group you guys got there. Obviously, Joe and, and everyone else. And we talked about them before. They get it. But they're, they're just a good group. And it was awesome hanging out with you guys and some of the other football guys at the expo. That was just a really good time. So with that, we're going to get out of here. You can follow us at Dynasty Junkies on Twitter. Uh, follow us on YouTube at the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, the DAP Network on YouTube. You can follow us there. We go live on Thursday nights, most of the time, Thursday nights around 930, uh, both on Twitter and YouTube. Uh, we do have a show planned for next week. And then after that is the opening day of the season. And I know Rocky might be, I should say, no, I think Rocky is going to be here for that. I'm actually going to be out of town. Uh, but I think Rocky's going to have a live watch for that opening night of the uh, Lions-Chiefs game. So that should be fun. Uh, but then you can follow me at Andrew Hall FF. Uh, obviously, I still write fantasy pros. I still got some stuff coming out. But, you know, just hit me up on Twitter. That's where I tend to spend or waste a lot of my time is maybe the best way to put it. Uh, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Do all that kind of stuff. We love the reviews that we've gotten already. Very constructive, very helpful. Uh, if you're trolling, feel free to leave a review. We just won't listen to it. That's just how it goes. But, uh, and again, I, I see Puff Pass here in the chat. Sidlow or we riot. We are hoping to get Scott Sidlow back at some time this season. He's still dealing with some family stuff. We're going to give him the time he needs away. We all need time away from this sometimes. Uh, so, again, appreciate that. I know Sidlow appreciates that, too. Uh, but uh, with that, I mean, again, thanks so much for having us uh, or for having the time to spend with us, guys. We really appreciate it. And with that, I'm just going to say it. Well, actually, I got to do this. We got to thank everyone in the chat. Matthew Wiggins. We had Scampers. We had Dame. We had Puff Pass Kick. Uh, we had, I know, um, I know who, Jesse was in there. Yes, Jesse's shot was in there. I know we had a bunch of people. So thank you, everybody, for coming in the chat. We really appreciate you tuning in with us tonight. And with that, we're going to do it. Junkies out.